Okay. 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 Hi. 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 Welcome, everyone, to Evolving Us. Episode 22. 22. Wow. Hi. Hi. So today, we are, we're back after, you know, being away for a bit. A lot has happened that we are so excited to update you on. Um, <laughs> where do we even start? <laughs> well. Okay, so what we're talking about today is plant medicine. <sighs> we're going to talk about plant medicine. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about plant medicine. Um, I would like to preframe this by saying neither of us are doctors. We're also not psychologists. We're also deep soul searchers and um, our journey with plant medicine is not your journey with plant medicine and if you are not ready for plant medicine you should definitely not do it Um, we are simply just here to share our experience and how both of our lives have changed in very similar ways and very different ways as a result of of this journey and this work yeah yeah (laughs) I'm like, where do we, where do we? Well, I, I want to start by saying that I feel like my experience with the medicine has been that that was not my savior. That was not the thing that woke me up. What woke me up was years and years and years of soul searching. And I felt like what happened in my experience in ceremonies since I've started doing this work has taken the years and years and years and years of work and like made it all very clear and applicable in a very seamless way. So it's like a culmination of the pain and suffering for me that I've felt my whole life. Um, Not that I don't feel pain and suffering now, right? So we'll talk about how it doesn't just change your life and take all your pain away, but um, just the journey of, um, of all the work coming together and then being expressed through the medicine support. Yeah, I think um, a good way to look at plant medicine is also it's kind of like going to a retreat. It's like the retreat changes your life, Mm -hmm. but then it's not a forever thing. You have to maintain it. And so, yeah, I love what you said about your experience because I think for me it was also very similar. Like if I didn't have the foundation that I did of my personal development, it's like um, I don't – I mean – I don't know what it what my experience would have been. So it's like, yeah, the plant medicine is culmination. It is also enhancing what you're willing to look at. Yes, yes, yes. So if you're like totally blocked in an area of your life, it's not going to make you unblocked. Mm-hmm. It's going to just show you how big that block is so that <clears throat> you have now the agency, if you choose, to know that you're empowered to release it. Right? Like our mentor always says that what happens in ceremony and journey is just simply a microcosm of the macrocosm of your life. True. True, true. Which is so funny that Julia just said true because like every time we've been in journey and ceremony together, she's like so <laughs> joyful and so easeful and so happy and so like seamless and knows how to hold space for everyone. And it's it's so it's so interesting and beautiful. Why did you mention that right now? Oh, because it's the microcosm of the macrocosm. Yeah, you're like, right. you're always visiting your inner child in all your meditations. Like joy is a big thing for you. And I feel like you're, you have such beautiful energy. So it's like when you go into ceremony, that energy just expands. Whereas I'm a dark mess. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, I just, it's, it's such a funny. I love that you said that. I, I was just thinking right now that we should maybe start by, should we define? Yeah, like, let's what define plant it. Medicine? Let's define it for yeah. sure. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> let's maybe take it back a second. Well, it's funny because when I talk to people in my life and I'm like, I, okay, I started doing this thing yeah. and they're like, oh my God, you did ayahuasca. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, not yet. Okay. So, and shout out to all of you brave souls that have walked that journey many times, one time, whatever it is. Um, I'm excited for the day that that becomes something that, I, I mean, I'm, I am called to it, so it will happen soon. But um, point being is uh, the medicine that we're talking about that we've been working with is mushrooms, magic mushrooms, different strains of psilocybin, and um, sassafras. And sassafras oil is like the oil of a tree, and it's kind of the original um, components that make up uh, it's it's called MDA, which makes up MDMA once it goes into the lab. Um, there's, I mean, I have some amazing resources for those of you that are more interested in the science side of it. Um, I've got some book resources I'm going to pull up for you right now. But uh, the person kind of of my lineage that has trickled down into the work that Jules and I have been working on is uh, a psychologist named Lauren Taus. For those of you that might know her, she's a psychedelic therapist and she does, you know, a ton of work. And she also presents a lot of really powerful uh, data-based cases and science and evidence around psychedelics and its effect on the long-term and short-term uh, of what's been studied of, um, you know, mental health uh, benefits as well as just life changes and making life more meaningful. Um, but this stuff, by the way, guys, is not new. It's been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. But the war on drugs when Reagan was president made it so that all psychedelics were put into the category of being banned as a controlled substance, or not even a controlled substance, just an illegal substance. Um, then, you know, the shift with marijuana in California and all that. Now we have like, for example, Oregon and Colorado are working with some laws around passing to do to have psilocybin mushrooms in a therapeutic setting. So um, there's there's all kinds of and ketamine and it's this is a big conversation, right? So so much big. But this these are the medicines that we're talking about right now. And I also wanted to offer you guys a book that could be helpful that our mentor recommends um, Good Chemistry by Dr. Julie Holland. Um, is a good book to educate yourself around the chemicals of the brain and how they interact with psychedelics. Um, one cool fact is you can't overdose on mushrooms, right? Like it's not like cocaine or some other, you know, MDMA, like, like from a lab, you can definitely OD on that shit, but you can't take too many mushrooms. You'll just, because it's a plant. It's a plant. It ain't a gonna drug. It's a plant. <laughs> oh man. The what else do you want to add about that? It just made mushrooms. me think about those times. You just take a little and then you get a lot out of it. Oh, man. Man, <laughs> microdosing. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. No, but the reason why I thought we should specify is because as we've shared in the community about just our journeys and just starting with plant medicine and experiencing plant medicine in a ceremonious way since this summer... I think a lot of people have a very big misconception. Obviously, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Duh. But I think from a curious place, and I think it's more mainstream talking about mushrooms now, meaning, I don't know, maybe the more I learn about it, the more I'm surrounding myself with like people who know more about it. But I think that there's a lot of curiosity from people that I've spoken to about my experiences, and I've had to really specify and narrow down and simplify what plant medicine is and some people literally think it's you know just mushrooms or like they, I think 
even me going into this, I was like, it's mushrooms and ayahuasca and there's not, nothing in between, but there are so <laughs> many plants. So many in between. And then people are like, oh my God, so you like shit your brains out? And I'm yeah. like, uh, no. <laughs> well, depends well. who you are, right? Because I'm a huge <laughs> purger. I like release things out of my body. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's a definitely interesting experience. Um, I also want to say too, like, I mean, we all, not all of us, but many of us have like our raver days and like the old days when we used to mix a lot of drugs and, you know, taking mushrooms at a rave or taking mushrooms when you're like, you know, in your younger years, unintentionally just to party is different <clears throat> than ceremony. Mm. Um, and the difference is the container that's set. Usually there's a, um, a shaman or a guide or a facilitator that is trained and highly skilled in holding space and not telling you what your journey is going to be, but instead creating the environment for your journey to illuminate whatever it is that you're spiritually seeking in your life. Um, and then, of course, you have to show up and do the work. So there's intention setting. There's the process of the actual ceremony, what happens within it, the connecting, the activities. And then here's the most important part that I know um, everyone will be on the same page with that we've worked with is uh, the integration piece. And that happens the following day generally um, or whenever like you're closing the circle. And the integration piece is essentially kind of bringing to light the things that you learned or expanded on in your experience and then getting coaching, guidance, facilitation, support on what that what the symbolism or the meaning is or the metaphor is or how that can integrate into your life as well as an invitation to um, do a little more healing work as you integrate. So whether it's one-on-one sessions with your facilitator or, um, you know, more group work or journaling prompts or just some type of support system so that you don't just split your life, right? Because sometimes we go into really profound experiences and regardless of it being plant medicine, we can have really profound experiences in the world and then we think that we can't like bring it back into our life. Like it could be just a retreat or a woman's circle or um, even a yoga class or meditation. You're like, how do I how do I be this person and that person? It's like the integration is the bridge between those two things. That was a nice exhale. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was just thinking about integration kind of being, you know, it's difficult sometimes after retreat, after ceremony, cause you're like in this really sacred space for a limited amount of time. And then you have to go back into the quote unquote real world and you're still the same person but there's so much that you just experience that you can't even put into words sometimes. And so, yeah, I love that you talked about integration because it's really fundamental in order to be able to operate and to be able to go back in a somewhat resourced way, healthy way, and be able to apply what you learned and also keep uh, digging up things that (laughs) come up in a small window of time, but that are so profound that completely change your life. Yeah, totally. And mm. it's and it's interesting too because I think actually that integration piece really applies to everywhere in our life. Like, you know, when you go on vacation mm. and you're like on vacation until Sunday evening and then you have work Monday morning and you give yourself no time to just breathe and ground – we're a lot of us are operating as if we're like still 17 years old like that we can just bounce back and do shit but the integration piece is the piece that makes the moments that we have become memories because we're softening into ourselves and giving ourselves time to surrender and receive that which we just experienced so integration after a breakup integration after the transition of a friendship integration after a vacation integration after a difficult conversation right like how many of us go into therapy 
in the middle of our work day or like we're like, oh, I have a noon therapist session or three, three, three o'clock therapy. And then we have to go back to like work activities or, you know, and then we're expected to just show up and bounce back with no integration. Yeah. Like, hi, literally. It's me. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm the problem. Like literally every week of my life, every day, every day of my life, every day, every day. So let's talk about if you're cool with it, like some of our experiences in journey, in journey work. Yeah. Um, the first experience that we had together, uh, we did it with this really powerful, beautiful, incredibly wonderful woman um, with a small group and met some beautiful women. Um, it was all women, uh, six of us mm-hmm. in journey work yeah. with the facil- and then the facilitator and we went to her home and her home is set up so beautifully. She's got a really open, vulnerable space where you can kind of go anywhere you want and um, we had, we had such an amazing experience. Like we, first we got there, of course we were nervous. It was our first time. And then, um, we both had really, really powerful intentions. And I mean, I could say even from the get go, cause we're going to talk about both of our biggest takeaways, but from the get go, my intentions at the first journey and ceremony were like, I just want to be more of who I really am. Mm-hmm. Like, I really just want to shed the layers of, of clenching on what other people think of me in all my key relationships. Like that was where the first start of the birthing of like me uh, letting go of self-abandonment. That's where it started. Was that intention? Yeah. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just thinking you're taking me back to that experience. Mm. And uh, it, it was just so, so profound. And I think, I mean, obviously, as we know, as we say, like the journey starts once you commit to the journey. And I think once I committed to that journey, it was like so many things were just awarenesses were popping up and showing up that day was terrifying because obviously the unknown is scary. And at the same time, it was just very seamless. And I think that that's that specific journey maybe because it was our first one a lot of reasons probably the makeup of the components of the people that were there but it felt extremely sacred and Mm. I think that in my experience going in I was more scared than excited Mm. and um from the get-go it was very you know gentle and and the the best word is sacred and I think going back to what you mentioned before just like what we think about taking substances and our relationship to that is more like mind-altering yeah it's mine like anything that you think is mind-altering seems like I don't want to say bad but it doesn't lack of control it doesn't seem sacred or spiritual right and that's what this is and yeah, my, my intention going in was something very specific. And as soon as the medicine, um, as soon as I got into the journey, it was way different than what I thought it was. <laughs> and I think that's like obviously a microcosm of the macrocosm, which is you never get in life what you think you, you will. Um, totally. it, it, was, it was beautiful and, and deeply profound and just very um, not scary, actually. Soft, yeah, gentle, was, mm-hmm. warm, mm-hmm. sweet, yeah, kind, loving. It's like even when you feel darkness when you're with the medicine, it's it's like safe. Yeah, finally, yeah. Which also feels really natural as a human being because, like, I think that 
over many generations of pain, we're taught that darkness is like bad and hurts and scary. And like, we've, we haven't really learned how to feel through it over time. So actually like, depending on how your household talked about darkness growing up. And when I say darkness, I mean any type of discord, fighting, disagreement, ego, whatever, lying, or just things that get uncovered that feel out of integrity, right? Like usually they're judged to be bad instead of, okay, cool, what is this teaching us? Hmm. So um, the beautiful thing I think about this type of medicine is that it really softens the edges so that the mushrooms can work in a psychedelic way that is um, filtered through a gentle lens that holds you. And for someone like me that was made wrong a lot when I was a child, or at least that's how I felt, I felt like I couldn't really ever get it right. To be able to be an experience where I felt my pain in a loving way um, was really healing for me. Yeah, I think the main thing that I that comes up for me is like I thought that experience would be very confrontational. And when you talk about the darkness um, in having the medicine or with when you're with the medicine, it's like, it's actually, I mean, it can be confrontational, I guess, but I, that was my biggest fear. I'm like, I'm going to see the demons of my past, (laughs) you know, but it's like, I mean, and even if you do see even the demons of your past, it's not as, I don't know. It's not as scary. Again, it's well, not and that's as why scary. having a guide is really important too, because then yeah. they can coach you to kind of lean into that darkness so that it passes and you get the gifts, you know. And it's it's really a sweet interaction, right? Yeah. And um, something I wanted to mention earlier that I want to circle back on is that anything is medicine, right? Like anything that you do in your life can can serve you and heal you and support you and love you and nourish you, like. You know, sex is medicine, uh, friendships are medicine, putting down boundaries are medicine, buying yourself flowers is medicine, going on a walk in nature is medicine, saying no to too many plans is medicine. Like all of it is. Even things that we do that don't feel good, that we know are like out of alignment, those are those are all medicine. And that the only thing that matters is that you're applying the right prescription for the right symptom. Meaning we don't always get it right, but you're not trying to use plant medicine to escape your past or you're not, um, you know, going on a nature hike because you're trying to like not be at home with your partner because you don't want to face a difficult conversation, right? So it's like, what medicine are you using that's actually healing you and bringing you, again, as our mentor would say, more towards yourself versus away from yourself? Um, So there's a lot, I think, in there even though we're talking about this specific modality of medicine, um, anything could be. Yeah, I think it's also really interesting. I just thought of this right now that after our first journey, we went and then we were in Tulum leading a microdosing retreat. Yeah. (laughs) And so it was like, as I... I mean, in the moment, it was like, this is all just happening. And I'm just like along for the ride. And, you know, we're just doing it. But I think um, as I reflect on it, it's kind of like it was the perfect storm in the sense that we had this really profound experience and ceremony. And then we like it kind of continued. Yeah, it like trickled into the experience we got to hold for others. So as I think about our exposure to plant medicine, it's like we really got an interesting and deep experience. And then 
since then now, obviously, just what we've experienced and the other journeys we've participated in and, you know, co-facilitated. It's like, I think we, we went like, I don't know, we had a very special exposure to it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm so grateful for that work. And it's interesting because I've been kind of microdosing for a lot longer, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've been exposed to to it in a micro way, and it's really changed a lot of things for me as far as just the day-to-day. And, and I mean, all signs point to our growth, right? So, like, everything's always contributing anyway. Um, but, you know, microdosing for a while and just wanting people to have the opportunity to feel the profound benefits of what all of these very medicinal from the planet things can do in a supervised way, of course, like having support, having people in your life that are, you know, experts and have done a lot of research and are, you know, really plugged into this psychedelic community so that you can have your questions answered and the support you need and and do it in a way that feels guided and supported, not like, um, you know, abusive or escapism or, you know, avoidant from your life. And that's really what it is, is it's like, for me, it's a spiritual tool that's um, just allowing me to go deeper. And that means that deeper is not like, like, I don't need deeper every day. So there are lots of days that I don't (laughs) microdose and I haven't microdosed. But our journey was the day before we left for a retreat that we led that was, you know, inclusive of that practice. And using that practice as well as the process work we did there. We did a lot of like parent work, inner child work, death work, being born work, and um, using the beautiful beach in Tulum, the sweat lodge, the ice baths, the adventure, the breath work, like everything we did there just felt really deeply sacred as an extension of the work. And not to mention every single one of us, except for I think one or two people, um, got sick when we were in Tulum um, and purged. Like it was insane. It was like so divinely timed that we all like had two days of like full release. Two days? Three days. Well, but those that was like the main core of it. And then we right, all got right. on a plane and then we were done for like weeks. But yeah. we had to balance our systems out. But that any big cleanse will do that to you, right? And it's yeah. it's not to say we should be running around getting sick or that that's the goal. It's just like in nature like things purge right like look at the seasons like winter like fall shit falls off the trees and dies winter everything freezes over for a fresh start spring things come up from the ground and recirculate and summer you've got that beautiful heat and the ocean waves and you know so we're adapting with the seasons mm. and so having that circulation just leaning into what's already there yeah and I just wanted to say because you were talking about your experience with like microdosing prior to our journey which same also I um was taking mushrooms microdosing mushrooms (laughs) I wanted to specify because some people don't know that that's what microdosing is yes um thank you and that actually I've had such a different experience getting off like actual meds for, you know, depression, anxiety, ADHD medication. I was on a concoction of meds, which I think I've talked about in the past on, on here. But, um, my experience with microdosing has been really interesting too, because it's been a vehicle to, I mean, obviously meet myself, but also, um, get rid of chemicals. And so, I think everyone, like, again, we're not doctors. We're not 
psychiatrists or psychologists, but I think our individual experiences are very different. And also, um, I'm just sharing because I think a lot of conversations I've had with people has been, um, around their curiosity and overall, um, wanting to know, you know, how I got off my meds and stuff and not that you should get off your meds, but if you're curious about just what plant medicine does, that's also something that, um, has been proven in their studies. And I forget that show on Netflix that talks about like the people, one of them had depression, one of them had cancer and just how, uh, mushrooms and psychedelics in general have been proven to help people with like really big ailments. So I just wanted to plug that in. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. That's, it's a good point. And, and of course, we're making sure that we recommend you to always consult with your doctors before you make any decisions on shifting anything like that, um, but that there are options. So if you are curious, if you're finding yourself wanting to go deeper and, you know, sometimes SSRIs can block your ability to feel. So like that's really good for, you know, protecting ourselves if we need to stay in a space where we feel safe or, you know, if you're actually navigating something really wrong in your brain chemicals, of course, like the doctors are going to be a really good place to start and consult with if you're curious. Um, and, and there's, I, I always say just advocate for yourself and your mental health is that like, Hey, is this med actually working? Do I need a different med? Do I need to change the dosage? Do I need to talk about getting off? Or was this med good for a season in my life? Et cetera, et cetera. But make sure you have those those safe conversations so that you're taking care of yourself um, and advocating for, for continuous change and growth if that's the direction that you're going for your life. Um, but yeah, so our journey was, it was powerful. I mean, I'd love to go into all the details, but like we've had so many journeys since then. So maybe we can just kind of highlight some of the key parts. I mean, I think our most, not the most recent, but the one we did in December was a real profound one on so many levels. It was, they're all profound. They are. I know. I know. Um, but I feel like that one was really the one that, by the way, the first one we did was last August, 2021. Um, 22. 2022. Um, thank you. <laughs> and then the December one that we did last year at the end of the year was... Um, December 2022. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was really, really, really powerful. And and I can only speak obviously for myself, but I had an experience there where I was like really trying to work through some, some deep, deep wounds around self-abandonment and the way that it presented for me in my life that... I was not awake to or aware to. I was just silently resentful of a lot of things in my world that I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't privy to. So when I went into that journey, I was wanting so badly to like get this big profound breakthrough and message and like understanding and awareness. And it was like the end of the night and, and (laughs) our facilitator was like, okay, it's time for me to go to bed and you guys to continue on in this container and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, okay. And, and Jules looked at me and she's like, how do you feel? And I said, I feel incomplete. And that was the word I used. And uh, she's like, okay, well, what would make you feel more complete? And I didn't really know, but I knew I had to throw up. So that was one thing. <laughs> when in doubt, you always have to throw up. I always have or to throw poop up. your pants. Man, 
man or poop no but this one was throwing up I actually my I purged like I poop purge at the beginning of my journeys generally right when it goes down I'm like all right there there she go so pooping burping and throwing up are forms of purging burping happens crying a lot too. crying sweating. of course sweating yes thank you shaking yeah um so yeah I mean I threw up and during that journey I had oh god this is a whole line lineage of stories but we don't have to go there I essentially found a box of a bunch of my childhood photos and I was really originally angry because I thought that they were all lost and gone and I had a hard time recollecting a lot of memories from my childhood. So when I found this box, I was so relieved and I started going through all these photos and I saw baby photos of me, teenage photos of me, my mom, my dad, my brother, like all of it, you know, and then it's like some of those memories start to flood back when you get imagery of it and you're like, well, fuck, now I'm in this space where I'm kind of facing some of these things that I didn't even know existed because with memories comes emotion. And so I'd brought a stack of like a certain select photos with me to the journey that night and I was sitting on the bathroom floor after I threw up and Jules was sitting with me and I just like put all the photos out and I just like faced the music on that and what came up for me was re-experiencing my relationship with my all of my family members in those photos from the perceptual position of like loving myself and that was like really hard to do because I thought that all the love that I I could ever feel or needed to feel was only going to be sourced from them so in my relationship to them it was, I mean, it was easier when I was a kid because I could just people please and receive love and like be in the household with my family, even though I hated it and I was so resentful. But when I became an adult, I realized that the the times that I was spending around my family, even though like I was supposed to be around my family and, you know, we were doing all these things and I love them as, as people, you know, but my tendencies were to self-abandon to try to get love from them every time I was around them. So I self-abandoned, I self-sacrificed. If I was burned out and tired, I forced myself to be around them even though my temper was short. I was like always the responsible one to make all the plans and do all the things and I felt so much heavy weight on my shoulders to just take on everyone's shit and I didn't know what life was like to like be in relationship with them without that feeling like I had to do something in order to earn their love. So in that journey, I just sat in front of those photos sobbing and Jules just like held me and it felt like five minutes, but I think it was like hours. It was five hours. It was a really long fucking time. And I just like (laughs) purged out of my eyeballs and it was so intensely beautiful and and deep and um, I I just like, God, I just left so much behind me and that. And, and all of the things I left behind me were really useful things for my life because they protected me for a long time. But it's like when the fear of not being protected hurts more than like the discomfort of growth and stepping into your truth, it's like you have to look at that ratio and say what's worth holding on to at this point. Like is the growth, the, the pain of growing going to outweigh the pain of the fear of suffering? and not getting the love I thought I needed from them. Um, Because the truth is, they've loved me all along. It's just they've loved me the way they wanted to love me, which wasn't the way I wanted to receive love, but it doesn't matter. It, like, so doesn't matter. Because, like, filling up my own tank is, is love that no one else can give me, and I know that now in a really true, honest way. 
So that night awoken so much depth in my relationship to self-abandonment and every time I've chosen myself in my life before now, I've felt guilt about it. I've felt like, okay, cool, like at a core this feels really good, but I also feel like I am taking up space and inconveniencing people and doing something that doesn't make me useful or of service, so it makes me unworthy. And the space of like ripping that open and just sitting in that wound and allowing myself to know that that was simply just an opportunity to to make myself feel safe and that now that I'm aware of that I can I can truly express from a from an authentic place and that the love that I so needed that I was never I was never getting the love that I needed through self-abandonment like I was never getting that there was never a moment that I could say self-abandoning actually like worked right like it might have worked in the moment of people pleasing but like because I was self-abandoning myself I couldn't receive the actual love I was getting from pleasing others um when I started loving myself that's the only thing that worked that's the only thing that felt good when I was like cool I can trust that what I need is this and that it's okay. That all the repercussions that come with not doing everything for everyone else is like worth it. Um, That was the moment where fulfillment started to change for me deeply. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) how was that journey for you? (laughs) I... That one I remember specifically that I I was like I felt like I got robbed of time. That was like my big I don't want I don't want to say takeaway, but that was like how I felt. And it the entire journey felt very short and very like yeah, just like time flew by and it's kind of like what just happened? Like did that happen? Was that like a glimpse in time and yeah it's just I don't know since then I I don't know the two journeys were just so completely different and also both completely profound and completely deep and you can't compare just like you can't compare people in your life you know it's like that was one situation and I wasn't trying to like repeat anything I was just like open my first journey ironically what you just mentioned it seems like my intention was like on one specific thing, my first journey, and then the second time for you. It's, it just seems like our experiences were flipped in a little in in a way. Um, but the second time, obviously, I felt much more comfortable and just like okay, like I kind of know what I'm gonna get and I'm ready to meet myself, kind of thing. And the I mean, the second time and the first time, I got a lot out of it, and it's like nothing that I ever thought I could get and I met myself in so many ways and like I didn't even know she was there kind of thing Mm -hmm. um and at the same time I would do it over and over and over again and I have this 
like anytime I'm catching up with someone that I haven't spoken to or that doesn't know about my experience from this summer or recently, I'm just like, they're like, oh, how are you? I'm like, I'm great. Uh, my life completely changed because I did plant medicine. And then it's like, that's like the topic of conversation. And that like, that's really present for me because it lives throughout every part of my day, every single day since the first time I did it. And it's like, it's like awakening, like it awakens a part of you that was dormant. Yeah. And you can't really unsee it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this exciting thing that I wish everyone had access to, but not everyone needs that in their life maybe also. I don't know. But I wish it was just like, you know, oh, like I have this pain in my neck. I'm going to go get checked out at the doctor. I wish it was like one of those things that it was accessible to people that they could easily find information but it's like this underground movement that yeah it's like this is how people will find out or be more curious about it potentially right so I guess my biggest takeaway is that it's like there's so much access to things that we don't even know about that can change our life if we're willing to um be curious and grow and I guess that goes into everything that we ever talk about it's like if you're willing you you get to you get to have access to so many things yeah if you're willing it's there Mm -hmm. for anything if you're willing to be an OnlyFans porn star it's there if you're willing to be a, a rocket scientist it's there if you're willing to go to the depths of your spirit and like meet yourself in a very raw way like it's there Anything you want to do is there. Yeah. Wow. Um, I also wanted to note, too, that between those journeys, I did a ceremony with my partner before our wedding, and that was incredibly profound, and I highly recommend, um, you know, that as also another healing modality for couples um, as well. And there was a lot of really powerful takeaways, and... Um, that's probably like a conversation for another episode, which I can't wait to like share with you guys. Maybe I can even have him on. But, um, the one thing I will say that I, I felt like was super deep shift with that was that I feel like my partner, like I, of course, like men and women are very different. I find it to be that most of the women that I work with or most of the people I work with are women. Like women tend to, you know, be more connected to their spirituality, whereas men are tend to be more connected to their purpose. And so I think what the medicine did for my partnership is like it allowed my partner to be a little more open-minded to spirit coming through in different ways than than just the spirit he knows and grew up with. Um, and I would say, of course, it did the same for me too. So um, I just wanted to leave that one there. And um, moving forward, you know, with with this conversation is, is um, the biggest takeaways would be resource yourself. Meaning get a lot of information. If this is something you're curious about, have conversations with people that you know. If, you know, if you guys want to start, you know, maybe reading that book I recommended earlier on the podcast, the Good Chemistry book, or, you know, connecting with people in your life that that uh, you've heard this conversation from. Um, we're happy to be resources. Also, um, there are facilities, like for example, um, field trip health I know has a facility in the LA area and they do ketamine assisted therapy 
Um, of course, there's lots happening in other countries and in other places. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of different plant medicines that are, I mean, I know, that are legal in other countries. So there's retreat facilities you can go to. Um, but I, I also, uh, I want to recommend to Fantastic Fungi or How to Change Your Mind on Netflix if you haven't seen that already. Um, and, and please know too, like these are all great shows and they're very informative and they all have pieces of information, just pay attention to the research so that you know where it's coming from and that, you know, it actually aligns and, and ask questions, ask a lot of questions if this is something you're interested in. Um, but I will say, you know, there's, there's been a lot of profound shift for me again in my life as a result of this specific work. And if I did this work without doing all the other work, I wouldn't have gotten the result that I got. I think, um, the pre prerequisite to, the work I did with plant medicine, and I can only speak for me, was the years and years and years of personal development, yoga, meditation, like for so long. And I'm, I'm grateful I did it then and not any sooner. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, again, we can only speak for our own experiences, but it's like, I don't know what I would have gotten out of those journeys if I wasn't working on myself every single day of my life, you know? And it's like, obviously, things show up when you're ready. So, um, I mean, I, I'm not here to say someone's checked a box or not, but mm-hmm. I definitely think in my experience, if I hadn't dedicated a lot of time to my self-discovery and dedicated a lot of time to just being more curious, I wouldn't have even been able to, to do plant medicine because I wouldn't even have been able to say like, oh, that's something I'm interested in. Right. Because, I mean, it can be a little scary and, and confronting too if you think about it, you know. And on that note, you know, it's like I, I d- I've done a lot of work around my familial wounds for a long time and, and my actually my core wounds, my core relational wounds, which, you know, had a lot to do with people pleasing, of course, and self-abandonment, et cetera, et cetera, onwards and upwards, feeling enough feeling like I'm not wrong all the time, all of that stuff, right? But I, if I was just asleep to that, for example, the way that my character defects manifest, or at least had manifested in the past when I was asleep, was anger, mm-hmm. intensity, fire. I'm a pitta, right? So that fire, that heat. And I imagine if I didn't have awareness around that fire and that heat resulting from not feeling heard or understood or not feeling enough, people-pleasing, like if I didn't have that correlation – I imagine that my journey work would be all about like anger, you know, it wouldn't be about the core of softening of, oh, wow, I can let go of the anger of not feeling like my needs were met or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's like the, the, the deepening of the work you're in now is simply going to be illuminated. So I want to circle back on that because, um, I'm sure even if I was at the next level of my evolution, you know, other things are going to come up in the future of, of my opportunity to know myself more and, and all of that, but but that was kind of the core. And with the work of releasing and relinquishing self-abandonment, it's teaching me how to uh, reintegrate into my core relationships in my life in a way that uh, allows me to not feel guilty by putting my needs first so that I can give from a full place. And so some of the manifestations of that work, you know, in the, like, it, it, obviously it started last August, but it started coming into fruition November December January things really started to change for me so through that 
I released a lot of need to play small and be smaller and be smaller and be smaller in my skin. And um, having said that, I'm not going to tell you what <laughs> what came from it because that's going to be the next podcast um, <laughs> or the one after that. But there's some really big shit yeah. happening in our community <laughs> as a result of this work. Like big shit. Like cliffhanger. Like it's, well, it's literally the next step. Like if, like when you guys hear what we're doing, you're going to be like, oh yeah, that makes total fucking sense. Congratulations. Like this is awesome. But I wouldn't have had the balls to do what we're doing right now. What we're about to fucking do right now. Right. If it weren't for the knowingness of myself. The okay, Ash, I see you and we're going to do this. Yeah. But like that journey, what I'm doing, what we're doing, what the community is about to embrace and embark on, it's, I mean, (laughs) it's just a manifestation of like everything I want to fucking give the world. Like, I mean, okay, I'm going to toot my own horn. I'm, I know that I'm a servitude leader. Like I'm like a leader of servitude, like of totally of service. I will work 18, 20 hour days and be like, cool. Like, and, and and I'm not proud of that or saying you should do that. And that's like burnout, right? Like we don't want that. But I just mean that for me with this work, I've always been able to show up generously, but now with the support of being able to see clearly, I know that that generosity is going to be so much more impactful in a way that I can go home at the end of the night and like be a human and like enjoy the exhale instead of feel like I always have to be on because I'm abandoning myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about stepping into your truth. I want to know all of it. What do you mean? I, I just, <laughs> I'm like sitting here, I'm like deep in what you're saying. Um, I mean, you learned how to ask for your needs in so many ways. And by the way, I just want to compliment you because I see you use that all the time now. Thanks. I mean, it's been, for me, it's been a culmination of so many things. Um, Yes, plant medicine was like the initial stage and vehicle and one of the steps. And then I've gotten way more um, invested in asking for what I need is, is a general way of saying what's going on. But I've also just, you know, gotten more resourced and besides the work that I've been doing on myself and the, you know, self-discovery and personal and development, I've also gotten even more um, specific about wanting to evolve and grow and just hit things head on and just tackle my traumas. And I've been seeing, you know, a therapist and a couple's therapists for like my my marriage and stuff. And so I think not to discredit what you just said, but I've been really invested in, it's like I see this thing and it's like in front of me and I have the awareness and now I'm like, okay, like I can't look away and therefore I want to go even deeper into what I've discovered. And so for me, it's been, you know, a layering and also an uncovering of a lot of things. So yeah, plant medicine gave me myself that I look at every single day in many different ways and angles and layers and, you know, truths and um, darkness and light and, and all of the things. And at the same time, applying that is very um, 
like I have to show up to applying that too. And so what I realized a gap that I had was just kind of like, okay, I have these awarenesses and it's not that the integration wasn't easy for me. It's just like, okay, I know all these things, but then how do I apply them? And so for me, I needed to get, you know, more daily practical resources to guide me to keep being able to show up unapologetically and being brave in, you know, not abandoning myself. And for me, that looked like what I just described. And so having the awarenesses from the medicine and then going into the world and applying that for me has been really a relentless pursuit. Of course, yes, my practice, my meditation practice and um, just everything that I do for myself, you know, when no one's looking in the dark first thing in the morning, every morning. But also I needed, I didn't even know that I needed more than that. And so the way that I've been able to keep asking for what I need is by practicing. And the only way you can practice making a change or really mastering something that you're either not good at or scared of or you haven't been willing to do until now is having certain tools. And so for me, asking for what I need in in all aspects of my life, it's not just like in my romantic relationship or at work or, you know, it, it's like it wasn't unique to one bucket. And just like we know everything is everywhere all the time, one thing that you think is happening in one area of your life is probably happening in every single area of your life, but you're not willing to look at it. I was just like, I'm just done with my fucking bullshit and Mm -hmm. I need to make a decision. And I'm going to make a decision to confront everything. And And then back it up with action. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah, because we could sit here all day and like be in our process, in our minds and in our journals and all that. And then, Mm -hmm. but then like, what are you doing to make a change? Minus saying that you're like processing, (laughs) you know, it's like go apply. Apply, yeah, do, do. And B, B is good, right? B is good to receive and then do is good to integrate. Yeah, and I think like as we're saying this, I just realized that like, you ha- it's like you can't just be in one state. There's like so many things that make our life complete and also give us access to growth and evolution. And it's like, yes, we can be and, and sit and meditation is crucial, critical. It is one of the many tools we have to, you know, access. But then because we live in 2023 in this society and in this world where we we have demands and responsibilities we have to show up to. It's like I think about Michael Singer in like Surrender Experiment. He talks about how he was like, I'm going to do this and, you know, I'm going to go build a house in the woods and I'm just going to like dedicate my life to meditation and then jokes on him like that wasn't, you know, a thing that lasted very long but then I I think about it so much because it's like through reading that book I'm just like I can't I can't do that right but it's like what can I do and so all this to say we have to be and do and that's like I love that question you just said what can I do like it's like what can I do versus 
I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's like the motto of our life, right? It's not, no, it's like how it's not, no, it's how, 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 if you want something, how do you get that? And how do you resource yourself? Because yes, even though everything shows up in your life, in the exact way and at the exact time that you're ready to deal with it, you you know you can't just sit there and be like, well, since everything is divinely orchestrated, I'm just going to sit here and wait for things to show up. It's like you have to advocate for yourself and you have to go after the things that you're ready for. And that's why when I just said, like, I got my own therapist and we see the couples therapist and then I continue to do all the work, it's like, I wasn't like those things weren't going to show up on my doorstep just without me seeking more uncomfortability. And so, yeah. Well, and those are also tools to integrate. Like the therapist is like you're using EMDR. So like that's helping you track the patterns with the assistance of what you've awoken. Yeah. Right. That's like your version of integration. Yeah. And I've had sessions with like our mentor and coach. It's like everything. It's like I've just realized and I had this conversation the other day too. And we talk about it a lot. It's like there's, it's not that we get comfortable. I think we forget that seasons occur and that we sometimes need something different. Mm. So it's like, now that I have this awareness, how can I enhance what I want to do? Not that you have to go full throttle once you discover something. Of course, it's like, how can you let your intuition guide mm. you towards your growth? Big word, big word, big word. Yeah. So I don't even know what I just said right now, but intuition, intuition is important, right? Because intuition is the discernment of what medicine we're going to use. And that's some shit right there. I think we should, uh, end on that note. That was beautiful. Great. Thank you. Um, again, guys, we just want to remind you, please only make big decisions for your life, your mental health, your emotional well-being with the consult of support system, ideally your doctor, especially if you're working with medicine, um, or prescriptions, um, that we are just here to share our experience and remind you that there are options out there if you're curious. Um, anything else you want to add? We're here for further conversations. You know how to contact us. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Right. We're here for now. More to come. More to come. Um, yes. And then also, guys, if you're still listening and those of you that are wanting to go deeper in ways that don't include plant medicine, um, <laughs> we're going to be starting our next round of 200-hour yoga, meditation, and breathwork teacher training in the Los Angeles area in April. So it's Thursday nights on Zoom. It's Saturdays and Sundays in person. Um, And uh, that's a 200-hour certification registered yoga school with the Yoga Alliance. And um, it's pretty much a leadership training with spirituality, to be honest with you. It's a deep dive into yourself to get yourself to a space where you're in relationship with yourself more often and when you lead others, whether it's yoga, meditation, breath work, or like walking down the street, you're doing it from a place of wholeness, of intuition, of spirit guided, of you know tools and, and a resource space. So that's what the training entails. We have a $200 discount off tuition if you register by March 1st, which is this coming Wednesday. Um, otherwise, please do feel free to reach out with any other questions. All the details are on the site. And uh, keep in mind as well, we also have awake classes twice a month in the LA area in person. Those are pretty fun to shake shit up. The best. The best. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's all, folks. Love you. Love you. Mean it. Love (laughs) you.